Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Hi, welcome to You Know That Episode. I'm Trevor. And I'm Victoria. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 4 of Glee, titled Duets, which aired on October 12th, 2010. But first, we're going to get into a couple hot topics and just, like, catch up. Just a little bit. Yeah. So, Victoria, I know you have some stuff. Yeah, I do. I have a few hot topics for this week. The first one is Glee star Leah Michelle, Miss Leah, <laughs> um, is supposedly going to be taking over as Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl, replacing Beanie starting in September. This has not been confirmed by Leah, and it has not been confirmed by the most of the reputable Broadway sources, nor has it been confirmed by the official production. I think what they're doing is kind of hinting at it and leading people on yeah. just to gauge what people's reaction is going to be. I think they're definitely trying to see, like, read the room and see how people feel about her because, like, mm-hmm. obviously her reputation isn't the best for yeah. good reason. And I. I don't know. I want to see it. I just want to see it. I want to see it. I feel like the Gleek in me wants to see it, and I understand why people hate her, and I don't disagree. But, like, damn if she can sing. Damn. Exactly. Exactly. It's the the Glee. It's literally how they feel about Rachel Berry in Glee. Damn, she can sing. She's so annoying. She's a terror on this community. But damn, she can sing. Mm -hmm. A friend of the pod who has been mentioned every episode so far, Michelle texted me and was like isn't it so sweet that if leah michelle is in this she can't be not she won't be uh eligible for the tony yeah so it's not like she can even win an award she's just doing it to just be in it exactly yeah so it's like you know what let her i'll do it i'll i'll go i'll go so we'll see about leah but in the meantime, we have got an official confirmation that the L Word Generation Q season three has started filming. <laughs> and we love our gays. We love our lezzies. So this show mm-hmm. is going to be, I think, coming out in November is the last time they aired. I don't know. Don't quote that me on sense. it. But um, yeah, so they're recording for season three um, and they left off on a major cliffhanger. For anybody who hasn't watched, I'm not going to spoil it because I know some of you probably haven't seen it yet. And also, I'm sure we'll get there eventually. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't, like, we're going to, I know we're definitely going to talk about the L word. I, I will be honest and brave here. I have not seen the whole thing and I will be watching so I can prepare there's myself. There's nothing. I know <laughs> Victoria will not let me not watch no, it. No, there's nothing to be ashamed of. But, uh. And yes, you have to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited. So from the looks of it, they filmed a scene with Tina. Let's see. I think it was also um, Alice in that scene and Shane in that scene. And then they filmed another scene with just mm-hmm. Tina and Bet at the same location. And then in a different location, they filmed a scene with a few other people, but I forget who. But anyway, as you can tell, oh. I have my favorite characters. I love it. And the others sort of blend into the background. <laughs> <laughs> But that's how it goes. Every show, it happens. I mean, we'll again, this episode that we're talking about of Glee will prove my biases in Glee. So everyone, it's never bad to have know, your favorites. Right? All right. My third, my third hot topic that we have to address is Wendy Williams' show has ended officially. It's so this sad. is a major loss to Such the TV community, in my opinion. And to the gossip community as a whole. Yeah. 
like, I just don't know anyone who hasn't been impacted by Wendy Williams' presence. Whether it be, like, through internet culture or watching her on TV or people who knew her from the radio, like... Or people who don't know her but have literally shared her memes across every internet platform. Yeah, it's really, it's really unfortunate. And the whole, like, controversy and drama surrounding the end of the show is really unfortunate, too, for her legacy to just, like end like this at least in the public eye it's really unfortunate and i will i will recommend going and listening to i think it's uh they have a couple episodes on their main feed and then they have a bunch of stuff on their patreon um eating for free by joan summers and matthew lawson is a really good pop culture hot topics podcast generally and they do a lot of deep dives and stuff like that but they get into a lot of the details surrounding Wendy's departure from the show, the show ending, its ratings, and, like, all the weird finance stuff going on, and, like, the possible conservatorship they're trying to get her under. It's all really dark stuff, and, like, they're a lot more educated on it than us, so I would definitely recommend going and listening to them. Uh, They were... Joan has been a sweetheart to me in the past, and so has Matthew, so definitely recommend them as much as I physically can. Love that. Yeah, be sure to check out their podcast and listen to it. But we must address what our favorite Wendy Williams moment is. Um, my personal favorite is she's talking about um, <laughs> Khloe Kardashian, OJ Simpson. You know the story. And she says that she came up with a name for that. And she's like, it's Khloe J. And the camera cuts to this lady in the audience who looks so fucking disgusted <laughs> by the entire thing. And it pans back to Wendy, who starts cackling. And she's like, girl, they got a great <laughs> shot of you just now. And it's just, it's peak Wendy because she says everything that she thinks. She has no freaking filter. And that's why her yeah. show is so real. And like, I think that's why her show hits people like that. Because it's just like, damn, she went and said that. Like, she just didn't even want to... Yeah. Like, she just said it. She like, just literally said it, you know? And it just sort of sits in the room. No and fear. she just... However people react, No fear about whatever. it at yeah. all. And, like, we we owe Wendy. Everyone who listens to podcasts <clears throat> and takes in gossip or criticism or anything like that owes Wendy for what the work that she's put, put in over the years. Okay. Yep. 100%. My favorite, personally... And this is coming at... Like, as a Swifty, this is a Swifty Safe Space podcast... But I think Wendy's saying, don't you hate a Swifty? And the crowd just, like, losing it is one of the funniest fucking things. She's she's right. She's right. They're so annoying. Yeah, she's totally right. As a culture, Swifties are annoying. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my God. It's just, like, she's... I love her so much. Again, she didn't have any... She was not scared about hurting anyone's feelings. She's just... She was such an icon. Never is. She never never is, is. Never will be. Never was. End of an era and a weird landscape of now on, like, culture, criticism, and, like, gossip and everything like that. Because nobody's really had the lack of fear like she has. Like, nobody to recent Ever. memory. Like, like the only thing like, I can think of is, like, honestly, it kind of sounds shitty to say this, but, like, Prez Hilton on his blog has, yeah. like, no, killed honestly. people's reputations. And, but I hate him I so much. And I, I love yeah. him. <laughs> I love Wendy, and even when I disagree with Wendy, I love Wendy, and, like, mm-hmm. she's just so funny, and she's, what when she says something insane or fucked up, it never feels malicious, where, mm-hmm. 
even if she's being mean, it doesn't feel like she's punching down at someone where like yeah. Perez did feel like that a lot of the time where he was just like bullying people and being hateful to for the sake of being hateful. Yeah. Where Wendy just feels like she's just saying what she thinks and ha- like the intention may not be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And she's I just more feel like... so just like speculating and speaking yeah. without a filter where Perez sometimes it feels like the shit he spews is more like it's vitriolic. It's like vitriol. it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Evil. But yeah, it's just it's going to be really interesting. I feel like especially all these every celebrity has like their what's it called like deals they have with like people or e-news and all that stuff so like gossip and celebrity news is kind of so filtered and so heavily put through the pr machine and wendy was like had no did not suffer fools when it came to that and like Mm. could see through that and it's going to be really unfortunate that we're losing that voice and perspective and like no disrespect to um who is taking over her spot i like her time slot is it Sherry Shepard? Oh, really? No. Yikes. No, it's... I don't think it is. It's one of the she old She made fun hosts. of Sherry Shepard so much on that fucking show. <laughs> and her husband, too. Oh, my God. I'm, like, fully... Well, whoever it is, no disrespect to them, but they have immensely yeah. huge shoes to fill. Yeah, it's gonna be... I think... No, yeah, it is. Yeah, Sherry. Uh, And, like, good for her. She's sweet. She's nice. But, like, she's not... It's not gonna be the same. Which is unfortunate. But we hope the best for Wendy. We love her. And I'm sure people who are listening to this. Mm. Yeah. Like, if you're here, I'm sure you love Wendy and have the utmost respect for her and what she's done. And if you don't... Leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't, you're at the, you're talking to the wrong people. Like, this is... You're this in is, the wrong podcast, my friends. Yeah. It's true. All right. Let's get into All duets. Right. Yeah, let's get into it. So, Trev, this is the episode you picked as your all-time favorite episode of Glee. Yeah, which I don't even... It kind of surprised me, even, if I'm being honest. Like, when I was first going back and, like, looking through all the episodes and everything like that, I expected... And, like, I have so many episodes that I, like, really... That really speak to me and really I think about and revisit a lot. But this one just popped out at me really in a big way because I think most like people who know me would assume like never been kissed would be a really big episode for me or like rumors or funeral or something like that just like just because those are ones I talk about a lot but when we look like looking back into these I was like oh wow this episode really hits me hard now as an adult in a way Mm -hmm. it didn't maybe the first time I watched it or the second time Mm -hmm. but it's just like I think it's another example of me relating to Kurt more than I ever realized I did in ways that kind of makes me sad for like my younger self because I was like watching this episode again and I was just the whole time I was like wow Kurt and I were really similar as teenagers (laughs) like maybe not aesthetics or anything like that but just I see a lot of my younger self in Kurt and in that like loneliness that he has just so innately and deeply embedded in him Like, an only child, the only out kid in your town. Yeah, you have a couple friends who are, like, nice to you and understanding, but, like, for the most part, nobody who's around you understands what you're going through. And there's moments in this episode, like, the the 
and we'll we'll go through them in deeper once we like break the episode down but like the episode the part that really stands out to me the most is the conversation with Bert and like Kurt really losing it at him and being like why do I have to be the one that just is okay with being alone almost and like why can't I just have a crush on a boy and why is that scene hit me too honestly that's when I was watching that scene I was like he's so right like being gay is so lonely sometimes He's right and it's like and especially as a teenager, you don't, especially as a gay teenager, you're not taught how to date. Yeah. No one's teaching you. You yeah. don't have the guide, or no. at least, like, we didn't. Now, luckily, there are shows like Glee and Heartstopper and, like, that new show First Kill and all this, like, there's a lot of queer media for teenagers now who are kind of mm-hmm. showing, like, oh, this is how, like, or, like, Love Victor or something like that. Like, there's all these shows. Yeah, and then there's me watching a show about 40-year-old lesbians yeah. and figuring out, how do I get into a bar and buy myself a vodka martini? <laughs> but it's, it's, but even that is, like, something where you have yeah. a, a, not, a, maybe not a beat-for-beat beat guide, but an idea. Yeah. And it's, queer kids a lot of the time don't have that of, like, how do I date? How do I have crushes in a normal way and not come off as weird or creepy or anything like that? And, like, Kurt didn't have the guide fucking impossible i do not miss high school sometimes i think i do and then i get to talking about shit like this and i'm just like fuck no 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 it's sad and i remember feeling that way of like kurt seeing the new kid in in the class and being like oh i just hope he's like me i need someone else like me and i remember feeling that way of like every time a new kid came to school or i met a friend of a friend i was like god is this one gonna be like me even just so I can have a friend here who gets it, you know? Or having a feeling that they're like you and not knowing how yeah. to bring it up, you know? Like that and happened just, to me a couple of times. and Totally. Just kind of, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's a hard line to walk and it sucks. Yeah. And I, re- I just see myself a lot in Kurt in a way that I never realized as a kid when I was watching it and being like, oh, we're this, like in the same spot. When I was in the same spot as Kurt, I didn't realize how similar we were. But now that I'm like 10 years away from that, I'm like, Oh my God, I was a lot lonelier and a lot sadder than I ever let let it show. And it's really mm-hmm. sad to watch Kurt go through these things and being like, oh, like I luckily didn't have it as hard as he did, like when it came to bullying and everything like that. But just, damn, it's brutal to not feel like you have someone you can just talk to and like have a crush, have a crush on someone and it not be a problem yeah. or an issue and like a larger issue at that. So I don't know, this episode really jumped out at me and was like, wait, I think this <laughs> might be my favorite. And I think it is, it's at, at least up there tied with like maybe Born This Way and one other. But it's really, it's a, yeah. it's very important for me and when it comes to Kurt's storyline. And that's like I said, like we obviously have our biases. Like I think most of our episodes that we're going to talk about are like big Blaine, Kurt, Brittany and Santana episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, honestly. And I was tied between... This one and another one, which yeah. I don't know. I keep going back and forth. Do I want to review this one? Do I not want to review this one? I mean, it's major. It is. It, impact, it had a major impact on me, and that that's undeniable. But all right, let's let's start getting into it a little bit more <laughs> and going through it. Tell me why I feel like this episode's gonna be really long. So apologies in advance, but we need to start with the actual recap from the previous week's episode yes, because which was the, so the narrator. Good. The narrator was kind of salty. Like, the narrator's like, 
Finn saw Sam singing in the shower, and then Kurt saw Finn in the shower, and the narrator goes, maybe everyone should start taking baths. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the narrator hates Finn. I know. Oh my god. Because I feel like the the narrator sometimes had a voice of like the fans. Like I feel like the the narrator would would definitely be on Twitter or Tumblr reading what the fans were saying because a lot of times I'm like, damn, he like the narrator's kinda salty. (laughs) And like and we definitely know that like Ryan Murphy and all of them were like deeply involved with Tumblr and internet culture and everything like that. So they they knew what we were saying. They knew we were pissy. (laughs) Yes, for sure. But yeah. Um, all right. So then we, I think we open on the Glee Club, and Mr. Shu is giving bad news, well, good news really, that Puck is in juvie, and <laughs> Tina goes, "It was only a matter of time." Which she's like, right. She's right. I Little did she Puck's, know. It's like Puck's storyline in season two, and many of the season two episodes is like really on the nose and like extremely eerie. Yeah. Um, Very eerie. Yeah. It's like why would they're high schoolers and Puck bullied them for years why would they care yeah like he's like expecting them to like sit down and cry like finn and will in this in this scene are so annoying but for the exact opposite reasons where will is like i mean not really the opposite actually it's annoying for the same reason because they both care too much about puck not being here but i guess for the wrong reasons will doesn't care because he's or will cares too much because he's like i'm a good teacher which he isn't and then Finn is annoying because he's like, how could he do this to us? Now we need his voice for... He's the cool guy in our club. We need him for nationals. And it's like... We need his bad boy stage presence. That's what he says. Um, it's like, first off, isn't that your friend? Shouldn't you be more concerned that your friend is like in juvie versus like concerned that he's in like not usable to you? And then later on when he calls out Rachel for being conniving, it's like, baby, you're conniving. Yeah, that's why you're y'all belong conniving. together. Yeah. Uh, this is a top five worst episode for them as a couple. They are They're so annoying as fuck in this horrible episode. Horrible in yep. this episode. Yep. But whatever. Whatever. And then, wait. My boy, my my baby boy shows up. But they very quickly show Brittany and Santana sitting next to each other. Okay, keep going. Gay, gay. They're always <laughs> they're always doing some gay shit. My no girls. matter what. It makes my I heart live. happy whenever they're. This together. is a great episode for Brittany. This is a like overall. I mean, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but this oh, yeah. is one of the major well, Britannia um, episodes. Major, major. Okay, but, keep um, going. My, my baby boy Sam shows up. I love him. Kurt's little look that he exchanged with Mercedes, hinting at like, a possible romance between them. Um, He's so... Just like, uh, it's like he immediately clocks it. He's like, oh, gaydar alert. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say I do really like uh, Kurt's shirt in this scene. Mm-hmm. The, Kurt like, looks good in this green scene. plaid and with like the little spikies on the shoulder it's very cute but yeah Sam is just oh, he's such a cutie I really like him I just he's one of my favorite characters I know <laughs> it just makes me happy when he's I on I know you love him yeah and then Kurt is so much in this scene though I will say as an annoying gay person Kurt is being an annoying he's gay person he's a little person. bit overboard but I think he just like Give has a, a crush on him yeah it's very sweet it's not any different yeah. than how the girls act when they have a, bo- a crush on the boy or worse how the boys act when they have a crush on the girls like so shu announces that the team is going to work on duets and that they're going to get a gift certificate to breadsticks and the fact that they freak out when breadsticks is literally just i would i would freak out too (laughs) olive 
Olive Garden <laughs> supremacy. I, I probably would have. In high school, in high a school. free dinner? I think I would have in high school, but no. Yeah. Please. So in high school, free dinner at Olive Garden what? would definitely make me react like that. But nowadays, I'm just like, why are they freaking out over Olive Garden? What would Garden? have been the like local thing that got you to freak out in high school? Like, not a chain? Yeah. Like Puritan. a similar... I... Puritan. Okay. Yeah. Puritan that... chicken tenders. They bang. I've eaten I've eaten too many in my life. The way I've literally eaten an entire platter before. Absolutely. Uh Julia, my old roommate, worked there and then would just bring home buckets of them all the time. I really should have worked there. I don't know how I didn't end up working there cuz that's where yeah. all the kids in my high school worked and then pretty much a lot of kids from our college worked there. Pretty much every local yeah. kid has had a job at Puritan at least one time or another. I ended up working at a much My boyfriend works there right but... now. <laughs> <laughs> I think my boyfriend's literally there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I love Puritan. I love it. I think mine probably would have been like the saloon, which was this local bar restaurant type deal. And they had wing night on Monday night and me and all my friends in high school would go. And it was $5 for a basket of 10 wings. And we would just, like, Ooh. clean them out. It was so... They were so good. They had moonshine hot sauce. Damn. Okay. It was amazing. But, yeah, I think that's probably what have been for me, like, the one. Wow. I love that. All right. So, the cut from Kurt to Sam. They literally want us to ship heavens so badly. Like, they, they fucking set us up in this episode. Honestly, it kind of pissed me off the way they did that because they literally yeah. purposely did it that the audience starts to be on Kurt's side. Did you realize that? Exactly. It's like from the yeah. very beginning, the way they show Kurt reacting and then the way they cut from Kurt to Sam. And that like... It's... And also because Sam was originally supposed to be Kurt's love interest. Yes. And then they changed it. Like, that's why he was cast, and Jane Lynch was in an interview being like, oh, we've got this new blonde kid in the show for season two. He's going to be Kurt's love interest. And then it doesn't happen, which, like, I think I'm fine with, because, I mean, eventually we get my boy Blaine. But it's, like, they set it up. They teased us. No, but they literally changed it within this literal episode. Like, yes, they didn't like, even give I, you one can... even episode, one whole episode where we think that Kurt and Sam are going to be together. It's, like, half an episode. And it would have been easy to just write sam is like bisexual right and have, i had that note a little bit later because too. like him and quinn have really good chemistry together like they just do it's very it's it feels very easy yeah. watching them even if kurt if quinn is being kind of like standoffish for understandable reasons watching them together you're like i see this i get it i understand but even then kurt and him, he's so sweet to kurt even when he's being like puts like setting boundaries and everything yeah. like that which is really nice because most of the guys in the show are not nice to mm -hmm. Kurt at all. Like, most of the yeah. time. Which is really unfortunate. And I'm glad that, like, Kurt stands up for himself in this episode against, like, Finn and all them. And his dad, yeah. even. But even when Sam is like, no, I don't want to. He does it in a way that's like, it doesn't... I don't care because you're a boy. It's just because I don't want mm -hmm. to. <laughs> but uh, I, I just... Yeah, they set it up really nicely. And I'm kind of sad they don't follow through with it because it would have been... It would have been interesting to have Sam be a bisexual character and have this tension with Kurt and Quinn and then introduce Blaine and then have this tension with Sam and Blaine. And to have a character and who's like, not so stereotypically gay. Like, Sam is, yeah. like, on the football team. He's, like, one of the athletes. And so for, for us to have a storyline with Kurt dating somebody... And he's, like, a geek and everything yeah, like that. He's a very different character from the other guys. He's a very... Yeah, he's a really well-rounded character where, like... 
they they sprinkle in little things that make him feel more three-dimensional right and i know later on and i think it's season six which i am not well versed in so my apologies to anyone who likes season six that's a bummer for you i know they introduce a gay football player kid that they try to recruit to the new directions eventually but like and he's very much like i'm not like other gays but he's like the most annoying character and like i'm I'm guaranteed we're not talking about him like ever again past this episode. <laughs> so I don't feel bad saying that or like talking about it now. But he's just like, it's really unfortunate to see Sam set up to be that first version of like a stereo, like not be a stereotypical queer character. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of fumble it. And then, I mean, luckily we do get Santana, who's very much like not the stereotypical lesbian character. She totally is. So that's a nice. She kind of is. Like. Is she? Yeah, she kind I of is. I don't know. I mean, like, because maybe... she. I mean, before she's before she comes out, she kind of isn't because she's like no. But even when she's in the closet, like that's how a closeted lesbian would act, like very defensive. Yeah. At least that's how I how I kind of acted, like very defensive, always on guard. Yeah. Um, like I was nice enough to I people guess... that I got along with, but if people started like leaning into me too heavily or like getting in my space, like I was just always kind of angry at that age too. Well. I mean, I had other yeah. reasons for that too, but I don't know. I I think I mean, I relate to her a lot, so I might be biased, but I feel like she does sometimes act so. the way I would expect a teenage lesbian to act. <laughs> <laughs> my life, my life is a teenage lesbian, right? But yeah, I don't know. I yeah, it makes me sad that Sam, they he kind of gets pushed back into just being like straight boy jock, but right. At least he's nice. At least he's, he's nice, nice boy, about it. So. Yeah, he's not like cruel yeah. like Puck is or Finn. or or Finn, right? Or, or he's not like Finn who thinks he's nice but is actually an asshole. Oh, my God. But, yeah. Sweet lady kisses. So, yeah. So, that brings us to uh. a Brittany Santana scene. When I first saw this scene, the way I tell you, I literally evolved like a Pokemon. Like, I went from Jigglypuff <laughs> to Wigglytuff. <laughs> um, she go, she's like, I love your sweet lady kisses. Brittany says that to Santana. And it's Santana so... says, it's a nice break from all that scissoring. Like... How the fuck did that line make it in? This is a show for teens about teens. And they're saying, like, honestly, good on them. Good on them for literally talking about the fact that lesbians have alternative sex. Yeah. But, oh, my God. Like, how the fuck did that make it in? I was, like, kind of stunned that they would even say that. Even watching it this past week, I, like, forgot about it. I remember the visual of it, but I didn't remember the lines. And then I was listening to it, and I was like, "Oh, I was like scandalized." Yeah, a little bit, and not that I was like, "Oh not my that there's god," anything inherently... not in a bad way, right? Not that there's anything inherently. I was just like, like it wasn't expected. But... Yeah, it wasn't. Because it's like it just wasn't something I I expected these characters to say, even though I have. I mean, I've seen this episode like a dozen times, but I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, okay, girls." Yeah. <laughs> Um, and she says that they should sing Melissa Etheridge, Come to My Window, for their duet. Like, okay, okay. That made me chuckle so hard. Yeah, that was funny. It was so good. But really sad that I... Santana lied about not being in love with Britney. Poor thing. Yeah, and it's like, babe, you're gay. It's okay. I think she's not like, ready yet. She. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, it just made me... It was like, oh no. It's like kind of a sad, it's a sad scene mm-hmm. more than it is anything else, I would say. Well, because another thing is like, we have the dramatic irony of knowing that later on she's going to be gay. But for people who are originally watching this, when when I watched it live, I remember being like, oh, it's so shitty that they keep making them like make out and have all these sex jokes, even yeah. since season one. And then they just keep making it into a joke. Like it's 
it was pissing me off, honestly, because I was like, it feels we yeah. should get to see them together. Like, it's just not fair that they keep turning the fact that they like make out and they have sex or at least they hint at the fact that they might have had sex in the past. They keep turning it into a joke. And for me, I remember being like, so like the only way we can see two lesbians in love with each other on a show is if it's continually turned into a punchline, which is exactly yeah, what it's happened. It's really unfortunate. Will and Grace. And I, so I was actually, funny, funnily enough, I was listening to the podcast, an older episode of the podcast, Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. And it was about the episode, um, The Body, which I've mentioned in the teaser, tra- like the teaser or first mini episode of this podcast where it's like, that's my favorite episode of TV of all time. Right. So I was listening to it again because every now and then I'll, I like the discussions they have and they've got some good guests on it. It's a great episode, great episode of the podcast. Highly recommend. And they talk about it. They talk about this specific thing um, where a lot of the time there's, there's this thing called like the lesbian kiss theory or thing where a lot of the times lesbians and lesbianism and two women interacting in a sexual way just in general will be used as like a sweeps week tactic. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah, and they like it's just queer they call baiting. it out specifically queer baiting, but using it as a, a way to scandalize viewers mm-hmm. to like up the up this the ratings mm-hmm. for advertiser money and things like that mm-hmm. and it's really interesting to like think about because they talk about it in the context of that's the first time willow and tara kiss on screen and it's they mention jenny owens young one of the hosts mentions like oh it's they're kissing because they want to not because it's uh, a gotcha like, they're kissing because it's not about them, right. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the yeah. times, especially in the earlier seasons, they use Santana and Brittany here as, like, a gotcha moment or, like, a, a way to scandalize a little bit. And I feel like this episode is a good turning point in that, where it's, yeah, where it's, like, this it is, is kind of almost the, the marking of, like, okay, Santana, there's more going on. It's not it's a not joke, a joke there's anymore. more going on, and she's purposefully avoiding it. And then obviously we have the context of the rest of the show of like, she does come out, she does love Britney, all that stuff. Like they have, they spent, they have a life together in this way. And like, she has other relationships on top of that, but it's just a really interesting, it made me think a lot about this episode and their relationship in general and like how Glee handles Santana's queerness a lot of the time where in the beginning it did feel baity, but it does evolve later on past that. But yeah, it was just an interesting like parallel between them two episodes that maybe i was like oh like clicked yeah. a little bit for yeah, me I was that- like, that's really interesting to think about because it's not something i ever knew about it was it's like lesbian kiss theory thing as like a grander idea yeah i think even in the next few episodes like we already reviewed one of them yeah. there's like a couple of others from season two that's that really contribute to out. the overall britney santana storyline yeah. but um i just remember like when this, because this is early on in season two, Born This Way is towards the end mm-hmm. of season two, and the few other episodes that I'm thinking of are sprinkled in between. But like this is early in season two, and I just remember feeling kind of burnt out from season one. Like they say, they, I think there's a scene where they they're on a phone call about something, and Brittany's like, "Sex isn't dating. If it were Santana and I would be dating." Yes, and, and that's one of, of like, my favorite scenes in the whole show is because they're all yeah. talking on the phone together and they're standing next to each mm-hmm. other. They're, like, walking yeah. down the same hallway. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, just, they're just little moments like that. And I remember feeling originally like this episode was going to contribute to that. And 
I felt very frustrated by it, but yeah. now, of course, I don't. And now, of course, I know that this episode is like a turning point for Santana because she starts to have to confront how strong her feelings are because yeah. especially Britney starts, you know, flirting with Artie. with Artie and, you know, trying to cut her off and saying like, no, we can't be together anymore. Yeah, she sets a boundary um, that Santana doesn't like because it forces her to confront yeah. herself. Yeah. But. All right. So then we move on. To Kurt, and yes to Kurt for calling out Finn's homophobia Thank- in the lunchroom scene. Oh, first, before we get there, we have a good... I think oh. it's, we have that scene with Santana and Mercedes in the hallway, where Sant... Oh, really? I think okay. so. I think, yeah. I could be wrong. But either way, Santana calling Mercedes Wheezy gets me every time. <laughs> every right? time, without fail. It's just so silly. It's so mean. I love it. It's so fucking funny. And yeah, they sounded great together, and we will get there. But yeah, yes. thank God Kurt calls out Finn's internalized homophobia. Exactly. Good. Yeah. He's so annoying. Yeah, the way it's... Finn literally thinks that singing one song with Kurt is enough to destroy someone's entire reputation and dismantle the entire Glee Club. Like, homophobia is rampant. And it's so disrespectful to Kurt to, th- like, it makes me so angry because this is these are conversations I've had in my real life obviously not the same but like the same idea the same vibe of it where this like fucking well-meaning straight dude will try and be like hey i'm not saying i'm not being homophobic i'm just trying to look out for you and it's like no you're fucking not you're just being homophobic i would have more respect for finn if he was with his whole chest was like i am uncomfortable with what you do because you're gay i would have more respect for him as a character if he just didn't if he wasn't the nice guy bullshit but i do understand that he, he like the nice guy bullshit plays its own character and isn't like to the overall story of glee club but it's just so infuriating to like see him do this shit and him not realize and him try to paint kurt as the bad guy here when it's just like it's wrong it's very especially wrong. because finn could very clearly say hey kurt you made me uncomfortable i understand you you were going through a lot it's no hard feelings, but I just want to, like, set that boundary. And I mean, being, like, I have... To be honest, like, like, this episode is coming on the heels of the other one where, I mean, they're in the basement, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, because that was, like, so, what, like, theatricality? Yeah, it was the one right before this, because remember I said from the recap that Kurt saw him in the shower, and then he was, like, pissed off that he had to share the basement with Kurt. Oh, no, that was season one. Wait, really? No, yeah, I feel like... The one- the one before this was grilled cheeses where Kurt's dad has, where Bert has the heart attack. Okay. Because in this episode, they do re- They Bert do mention says, it in the recap though. No. Cause Bert says, um, you weren't totally honest with me. That happens in this episode. He's like, you weren't totally honest with me. Finn told me that you had a crush on him. Remember that happens in this episode. So why would he bring up shit from season one? I, that, I don't know, but I'm, I'm like 90% sure that Finn says that in theatricality because that's when he dresses up after he gets called out by Bert, he dresses up as Gaga. Oh, right, 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 right. When Kirk gets bullied. But it's also like some kind of scene in this scene. It's also only like four episodes between them to when that happens. So like, it's still relevant to them and like, isn't a lot of time hasn't passed between the two. Yeah. But, like, that's when, um, yeah, so there's, like, maybe, I think, four episodes, four or five episodes between those two moments. Mm-hmm. So it's still top of mind. But it's, like, yeah, I don't know. It's really, 
it's infuriating that Finn seems to get a pass every time, and no one's giving Kurt the grace of just being, like, a high school teenage, teenage boy in high school. Right. And then for Finn to go and sing an Elton John song with Rachel. Like, okay, so you hate flamboyant gay guys when they're near you, but you don't associate which is, that with Elton John. Which is so classic straight dude. Fucking hypocrite. That's the most classic shit I've ever heard. If I had a penny for every, like, straight guy who's been like, ho oh, ho, you're gay, but hope you don't have a crush on me. When they're just, like, the ugliest fucker I've ever met in my life and the personality of, like, a rock... Mm-hmm. But then they love, like, fucking Elton Queen. John and, like, 80s. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, th- like, there's a there's a dissonance here that you're not understanding. But I guess, like, Finn is that archetype, and I guess that's why I hate him. Yeah, I hate him. Um, <laughs> but um, the way that Finchel are kind of really cute in this scene, and they sound really good in this scene, but okay, they we're do. back to hating them after. So, it makes me mad, because the rest of the episode, I'm like, you guys are terrors. They keep going and back and forth between making me hate them and making me be like, ah, Finchel. Yeah. Which but, is, like, I guess good. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. I've been making every every single one of his life choices about the Glee Club is so telling to the fact that he knows he's going to peak in high school. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so obvious. Especially when Rachel then goes to college and he feels totally left out. And it's like, yeah, she's doing yeah. something with her fucking life. She's going to be a star. Yeah, make a move. Do yeah. something. Yeah. Um. Okay, so eight minutes, 29 seconds. Leah Michelle's face looks too perfect. It looks fake sometimes. She's she's beautiful. How could she fucking look like that? Like, I don't, I I don't, don't get know. it. It's not comprehending I don't know. in my brain. Um, when she says, I'm not really a nice person. <laughs> yeah, bitch, like, we know. points are made. Yeah, You're we right. know. You're right. A moment of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then then we jump to a couple of different scenes between Brittany, Artie, Tina, and Mike. Artie and Brittany are so fucking boring. So boring. Um, Which makes sense as to why they cut them with Mike and Tina, because they're so funny together. Yeah, Tina and Mike scenes are funny. And I really like them. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I like the fact that they fight. Right, like... (laughs) It feels nice. It's, It's nice that they're just not, like... Oh, like every right. other couple are like not communicating with each other. Like, no, they're pissed and they're letting yeah. each other know. I like that. I like the fact that they're like an yeah, old married Tina couple complaining already. about the chicken feet salad. <laughs> <laughs> Asian couples therapy. And then she says, why does everything right. have to be Asian? So fucking it's so funny. funny. It's like, this is a good episode for Tina. Um, I agree. Uh, also, but I will say like the Brittany and Artie scenes are annoying and like kind of boring. But Brittany saying, I just really want to get you in a stroller did make me laugh. Like, fully laugh out loud. Ugh. I was like, you so cringed. Funny. I cringed it's in that. Because insane. it's like, I know, but she's like, but she's like infantilizing. Yeah. Him. But she's like, you know what? I think like, like, like with how infantilized Brittany is, it's kind of works for the two of them. I don't know. I don't like it, but it does make oh, sense. God. I can understand why this is the route they went instead of like trying to put. Britney with someone else or something like that. I get why they did it. Uh, I hate Britney. I just need to say, like, <laughs> okay, here's yeah. how I feel. And th- there's another, there's another couple that I feel this way about. So, and they're both lesbian couples. I love Britney and Santana mm-hmm. mostly because I like to see Santana in a relationship, and I like to see her happy. And she's my favorite character mm-hmm. on Glee. Similarly. 
I love Bet and Tina <laughs> because Bet is my favorite character on the L Word, and I love to see her in a relationship that makes her happy and makes her feel fulfilled. And I know that her soulmate is Tina, but I hate Tina. <laughs> and when these characters are just individually in a yeah. scene, Brittany and Tina, when they're just individually in a scene or when they're doing something about their own life and not in the relationships that I want them to be in, I just find them incredibly annoying and I just can't. Okay. I hate Brittany. <laughs> She's so annoying. <laughs> if I never would have read that freaking fanfic that I linked in the previous episode, <laughs> I would have tolerated her even less. And I just, frankly, I find it really frustrating that Santana is in love with somebody who's a complete nitwit, but I guess that's the way it goes it sometimes. Happens. But. Oh, for Bimbo fuck's writes. sake. I just, she's incredibly annoying. When she, when she's annoying, I yeah, just she's, like, she's... I question Santana. Yeah. <laughs> but that's love. That's true love. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I like Brittany. I like her for the comedy aspect, but I do, I know if I was Santana, I could not put up with it. I don't have the patience, mm. but I guess I that's just, the same that's... Way. Santana's better than us, maybe, so. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So then we see (laughs) Brittany walking by with Artie, pushing him in the wheelchair. Santana looks very disgusted, very jealous. Brittany points at her boobs and shakes her finger no more. And then Finn is being fucking annoying. Just like going on and on about this whole Kurt situation and that Sam shouldn't sing with Kurt. Finn sucks. And this is another example of Finn sucking shit and Sam being a really good boy. Because Sam is like, I just want to be under the radar, whatever, whatever. I all, But I also made a deal with him. Right. And I'm going to stick to my word. I already said yes. And then he gets slushied. And, but also in this scene, Sam is like, he's got a great voice. I want to win. Why wouldn't I sing with someone who's so talented? Right. Like he's respecting Kurt as a person uh-huh. and as a talent where Finn is not doing that at all. Right. And we're like, oh, so he sees Kurt for who he is. I guess maybe he is a little gay. Yeah, he's like a genuine friend to him, which is really nice later on when you get Sam and Blaine being friends and having that relationship where they're like having respect, mutual respect for each other. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Sam is a good guy, like through and through. And you have Finn just being like, if you sing with him, you're going to be a pariah. And it's like, how about you fucking stand up for your brother then? How about you stand up for your friend and your member, someone who's so important to the Glee Club and to your life at the school, you'll do everything to make sure he performs well, but except for protect him. Oh my God. And time and time again, that's what comes up. And even Bert at one point when like the bullying gets really bad, Bert is like, where the fuck is Finn in all this? Right? Like, am I like once Karofsky is like, I'm going to kill you. And like, they eventually he leaves McKinley. He's like, you need to watch out for your brother. And Finn's like, believe me, I am. Or believe me, I will. Something like that. Yeah. You haven't been. You're one of the people who you is making aren't. this you school haven't been. living hell for him. You're making it harder. When you could just say, when there is a way to go about and say what you're trying to say while still being supportive and still respecting him and his experiences, you're not doing right. that. But it's just, it's so infuriating. And like Sam is straight up being like, you're being homophobic. And Finn's like, no, I wouldn't. And it's like, no, you are. Even the straight person is telling you now you're being homophobic. Right. You need to take it to heart at this point. And Finn, like, pushing Sam towards this, like, bullshit feeling. Like, whatever. It's really it annoying. Is. It's really infuriating. Yeah, it and it makes me, again, feel sad for Kurt. Because this is this is something that I have dealt with in my life. Even recent, like, in the past couple years. Like, when we were in college, even. People discounting my relationships that I have with straight men or sh- people who they perceive as straight men. Being, like, uh, discounted or not being seen as genuine because I'm queer. 
And literally people being like, oh, well, they're only friends because they're probably fucking. And it's like, it's so, it's so homophobic in a way that people don't even perceive it. And it's so infuriating to see that happening to Kurt and like knowing how that feels. And like when that happened to me, I was, we were in college still as freshman, it was our uh, senior year. And I have never been more angry in my entire life. And that was coming, like, someone who... It was about me and someone who's I consider a brother. Right. And it's, like, someone who I would give my life for if I needed to. Right. And it's, like, for some people not to recognize that, like, queer men and people you perceive as straight or straight men can, like, have these deep, meaningful relationships that aren't sexual or completely platonic or familial even. Yeah. It's so, it's so disheartening and so discouraging. And for, like, Kurt is just trying... Yeah, Kurt has a crush. Totally. Not gonna argue that. I'm not saying that. For... Kurt to like not be able to even make a friend because people un- think that he's gonna immediately like be creepy or like um yeah or like give him the gay or whatever yeah, or like whatever. ruin his social clout it's like damn then you're fucking you're the fucking problem here but yeah, yeah, it's like, just they're like treating it's a really... him like he has cooties like no yeah, he's just gay really... and wants to have a friend like that's not gonna it's really upsetting and it makes me sad especially knowing and knowing how that feels and I'm sure you've experienced similar where it's just hard to have like relationships with straight people all of the time because people immediately try to make you this like evil gay person yeah i mean i feel like a lot i feel like so i wasn't fully out in school i only had a few friends who really knew that i was gay but i think that i've definitely heard rumors about myself or like Mm -hmm. i've definitely been like bullied a little bit and i think it's mostly because like while I was closeted, I wasn't really good at hiding my interests. Yeah. And people were easily like, this girl is totally gay. But honestly, like, I never really paid it much mind because, to be honest, at that time, I, like, really hated my hometown. I knew I was going to leave as soon as I finished high school. I was just like, this town is not for me. These people are not for me. I hate yeah. high school. The minute I leave, I'm on to bigger and better things. Um, and Absolutely. I just never really paid it that much mind, especially because like I was already depressed. I was living in my own online world. I was obsessed with Tumblr. Like school was not the real life for me. The real life for me was my online Absolutely. life. Like I would literally yeah. just go to school, ignore everyone. I had two or three best friends who they were my everything. And that, that's who I sat with at lunch. That's who I spent all my time talking to. I never really was the most popular kid in school. I had... You know, outside of those three best friends, maybe like a handful of people who would like be nice to me or sit near me in class. But like, I never really cared much about being the most popular kid, mostly because I didn't really like any of them or respect any of them. Like, yeah, I just was it like, was like it's... I'm ready to leave. If I could graduate it... tomorrow, I would. And I really don't give a fuck about any of you. And I am Absolutely. going to probably move to New York City and like hang out with all of the amazing people who live in that city. So... Bye. I don't care. No, absolutely. <laughs> and like, yeah, I I felt very much the same way in high school where it was just like, this doesn't matter. This isn't the real world. But then to step into the real world and still experience those things, it's like, well, that fucking yeah. sucks. That's yeah. so lame. But yeah, so I don't know. I think it's another reason I just like really, Kurt really sits with me in this episode. And I really, I really understand his point of view and don't have a lot of time for anybody else's because it's just like, no matter how annoying or hard it is for you to deal with Kurt, it's a hundred times worse for him. Right. And I think nobody really ex- like uh, understands that. And then you have this scene like eventually with him and Bert, where Bert is talking about that, and it's like you just have to be okay with like going going at it alone and just biting that bullet, and it sucks, but it has to be. And it's like, well, fucking why? Why not try and make it better? Why not do everything you can 
to make it better so he doesn't have to feel so alone and go at it alone. It's like, that fucking sucks. It's like, it, just because it is bad doesn't mean it has to be. And just nobody is riding for Kurt the way they should be in this episode. Yeah. It makes me so pissed. I'm, I was watching it. And I was like, God, I'm fucking mad. And like, I think that's why I like this episode like bumped up for me because I was like, it makes me feel it. I feel so strongly. <laughs> and like, I'm like, I get tense watching it because I'm like, I just want to talk to, I want to shake them. Every one of them and yeah. be like, be nicer to him. He's having a fucking hard time. Yeah. Leave him alone. Nobody is. Give him some is grace. Like defending him. Nobody is like seeing yeah. him as a human being. But yeah, we get but, a great scene with with Bert in a little while. Um, yeah, but first we get a really good slushy too. Yeah, so we got a Sam getting <laughs> slushied, and then Quinn describing her blue slushy stained coochie. I'm like, girl, what? Why are you describing that this right was now? So it was so funny, but it was very fucking weird. Yeah, I'm like, um, okay. It was very right out of along, nowhere. Wendy Williams, moving right along. <laughs> Uh, Sam complimenting Quinn's eyes, and then Glee is reminding us bisexuality is real. I'm like, oh, oop, he's not exactly. gay, he's bi, okay. Like, ah, we there was so much potential. <laughs> there was so much fucking potential. Why did they have to ruin it? All right. Oh, whatever. Um, all right, so then we move on to Kurt and Bert. Kurt tells Bert he made a soup. Do you have any idea how hard it is to find saffron in this town? Wins for best quote of the episode. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so... And, like, and you know what? He's right. He is right. I believe him. I believe him. Um, Kurt's blue v-neck. We need to talk about it. His, again, cerulean v-neck. He really, really likes blue. I don't understand. It does not look good on him. He has two handprints on the titties. It looks handmade. <laughs> It's definitely handmade. Are you kidding me? I know, similarly to Terry's craft room, I know Kurt has, like, extensive craft room and a Pottery Barn gift card. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Totally. Okay, so then we get into Kurt really describing a little bit of how he feels being gay at McKinley, and he's so real for listing all the shit he can't do or feels like he can't do because he's gay. It's very hard, and it's extremely sad sometimes. For anyone who's listening who's not gay, part of the queer experience is being very limited or feeling very limited in what you're able to experience as a queer person like you think about it and you're just like you might not take things for granted if you know a queer person but if you don't or you've never experienced anything like that for you to just be like yeah like I'm engaged to this person or like yeah I'm dating this person like you don't understand, like, for a queer person to date somebody and then introduce them to their family, there's, like, a 20-step process that needs to happen. Like, your partner needs to be debriefed yeah. on who in your family it's okay to talk to about certain things and <laughs> what are acceptable <laughs> topics for a family, like, dinner. And then your family needs to be debriefed on, like, what is it acceptable to say to a partner who you bring over? Or, like, yeah, they, first, you need to come out to them. Like, you, you might yeah, not even be out to them. Oh my god! There's a lot involved that I think um, a lot of people may not understand, understandably, because it's not their experience. Like, if you haven't lived it, you don't know it, and that's fine. But I think a lot of the time, I've been lucky enough, and I'm sure you've been lucky enough too, to have people in your life who don't understand it take the second to be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I like I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, I didn't realize." Which is great, and that's uh, that's what you should do, and. Nobody does that for Kurt again in this episode. And I know I keep repeating myself, but it's another one of those where it's like, no one is giving this boy the grace to just be a teenager and have a crush. Because it's like, 
even as an adult, it's scary to hold your partner's hand in public if you're Ugh. queer. This conversation is That's... making me tense up so much. Like, I'm getting a little bit, I like, know. I'm getting, like, sucks, a little shivery, like, a little, like, secondhand I'm getting, like, hot. Because, yeah, because I'm, I'm, like, it's... thinking about it, and I'm just like, yeah, like, this is all shit that I've experienced, you've experienced, most queer people have probably experienced it, that feeling of, like, God, there's so much I want to fucking do in this world, and I really feel like I can't, because... It feels... And, and, like, Not even uh, that somebody is like cutting me off from it, but that I'm cutting myself off from it because I don't feel ready or I don't feel like I have the acceptance. Safe. And then you, and then just coming back to the Santana scene because now like everything that we're talking about makes me feel like that's part of why she's in denial about how she feels about Britney, that she absolutely. feels limited too, and she feels like again I already talked about this in the Born This Way episode, but I feel like for Santana the main thing that's at stake for her is her reputation at the school. And Kurt is just so the opposite. He just wants to, he, he already doesn't care about his reputation as much. For him, it's just yeah. like, I'm queer and I don't, there's nothing else that matters for me. I just want to be who I am. Like, I don't care if I'm accepted or not, but I really wish that I could just be myself and not have everybody be mad at me because of it. You know? Exactly. And it feels like, um, I don't know. And I, I can imagine Santana seeing Kurt's experience is definitely a hindrance for her to want to come out and be accepting. Exactly. Because it's like, obviously, this town isn't going to accept me if they're not accepting him. Right. It's not going to be easier for me than it is for him. So why would I even bother? Why would I even make this choice to let these people in on who I actually am? Right. But it's just, it's another... It feels like, and I know, like, it, watching Kurt in this episode and, like, this whole season two kind of arc he has with, like, the really severe bullying he's going through and, like, eventually leaving and all that, it feels like there's a glass wall between him and the rest of the Glee Club where they're getting to be yeah. teenagers and experience life and fuck up and have all of these moments and people give them the benefit of the doubt and then nobody is there to give him the benefit of the doubt or help him or let him be a teenager yeah. or have these experiences that are supposed to be universal for this age group. So it's just like, it's really yeah. disheartening to watch this character and be like, God, he's so sad. And none of you see that or care. Maybe you see it and you just don't care. And that's fucking, that makes me so sad. And I remember, I'm like. I need to like put on a hoodie right now because I'm like literally <laughs> so tense. But, like I just need to I like. Don't, uh, it's just oh like, it, yeah. I feel a lot of ways about this episode. And I think it's such a, it's so good for it. It only makes it the better. But, okay, enough of that. I'm sure we'll keep talking about it, but, Bert, we need to get to one of... Bert saying that Kurt has to find somebody as open and brave as you is Blaine foreshadowing. Absolutely. Like, and I, we will talk about it because that episode, I could cry thinking about them seeing each other for the first time. Courage. Courage. Kurt seeing Blaine. <laughs> I'm literally tearing up thinking about it. Like, I'm gonna cry. Oh Kurt seeing Blaine is so fucking important for this for him and this show of just like oh my god like he's who i want to be i think before he even has a crush he's like that's an option yeah and we'll 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 get there yeah that is okay we have to move on that's a whole that's a whole three hour conversation in and of itself we can't do it we're now. gonna have to turn that episode into a bonus episode because you just know it's gonna be like hours long i Truly, I will never stop. I can't help it. <laughs> All right. So we immediately cut to River Deep Mountain High. And the number of times that I've listened to this oh. fucking song, watch this performance, world record holder. This, this is top fucking five. 
best Glee performances. I just love Holy it. Holy shit. Just the energy. The- this is high octane. I just need to say one thing, though. The vocals are too deep sounding for this costume. Like, this is one of the few times I can see and yeah. feel the lip syncing. They sound too fucking good for this to be they performed in the classroom. Good. Like, this is studio quality <laughs> vocals. And I just don't believe and the fact that, like, the runs, the vocalizations. Uh, like the, I just can't believe that they are actually singing. And I know that they aren't. Just, they sound too fucking good. That was fuck, too good. Their, their voices sound like... They were made for each other. Oh my god! They have they they have such good vocal chemistry and such exciting like oh the whole time I'm you're watching this it's just like holy fucking shit this is on, they're on fucking fire they really like, are how, how could anyone think this is not deserving of winning I know I they're oh, they're so... psychotic for not having won. They're so. This is such a phenomenal scene, and thank God we get so many really amazing Santana and Mercedes duets throughout the show. Yeah, because they are. Oh, every they single are the, Trouble Tone song. I'm just gonna is say bangers. Mm, 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 they have. They are my favorite vocal pairing. I think in the entire show. Yeah, they just sound so good together. All right, and then we move on to another Finchel scene. Um, Grease to slander, not on our watch. They are officially banned. I, will never forgive the Greeks to slander. <laughs> Everybody in my life knows I fucking ride for Greece 2. We ride for Greece 2. And I ride for Greece 2 harder than I ride for Greece 1. I fucking love that movie. I went bowling with Michelle and their partner and <laughs> my boyfriend like a couple weeks ago and Tony had never seen Greece 2 and I was talking about it and Michelle heard me from across the room and said are you talking about Grease 2? And I said, yes. And Michelle gave me a dirty look. I fucking oh love this movie. I will never tolerate Grease 2 slander never, ever never, in my never. life. And that's what makes us besties because I'm the same way. Like, how could somebody shit on such like how? a... Honestly, it's, it's a great camp. movie. Yeah, it is it's camp, camp at, at the it's height. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer and Lorna Luft in the same movie playing like besties. Are you fucking kidding me? Like any movie with Michelle Pfeiffer in it is not is not deserving. It's not bad. The hatred. It's not bad. That, yeah. Okay. Michelle Pfeiffer immediately makes it a good movie. I don't. It care. does. It does. It does. It does. Ugh. Um. All right. And then we get a scene where Kurt is basically saying, "Since all of you are fucking homophobic and none of you want to sing with me, I'm going to sing by myself. Yep. I am the most talented member of Glee Club, and I will be singing <laughs> with myself." And Rachel's Absolutely. face when he calls himself the most talented member of Glee Club She's was gagged. so funny. She's gagged. She's gagged. She was not expecting that. And then we get a great one-liner by Santana, vocal masturbation. She says, <laughs> how can you sing a duet with yourself? Isn't that like vocal masturbation? <laughs> and it's so, this whole scene is so lovely and it makes me really happy because it is just like. Again, queer no, people have to ride for themselves. Queer people have exactly. to be their biggest fan. Like I've had to do it many times for myself in high school and just Absolutely. be like, you know what? Um, I have five friends and I'm fucking fine with it. Again, I, I really don't care about any of you and I'm going to move on to bigger and better things. Most of you are going to peak right here and I know that won't be me. And he sounds so good in this song. He yeah. sounds re- so good. He looks so great. The mm-hmm. production value, amazing. The mm-hmm. whole, like all the dancers, everything, the costume, it's so lovely. Uh, I will say something nice about all of the straight people in the Glee Club because they all look so happy watching this. And that makes me happy. Like, Quinn's face when she's watching this, where she's just so happy for mm-hmm. for Kurt. And, it's like, it that made me feel nice, where I was like, That performance okay. is really good. 
they recognize how fucking talented he is and how brave he is to be doing something like this and really just be standing in his own light and not be scared and just I think that's a, there's a moment of recognition across all of their faces where they're like that's you're you're amazing yeah which is nice to see yeah it makes me happy yeah and Chris Colfer sounds really good in this in this number yeah um a lot of it is thankfully not in his super high register <laughs> yeah that's why I like it <laughs> Yeah, same. Most it of the just, time when he he's singing really hi, good. I don't enjoy it. It just yeah. doesn't work for me. It's no. But he sounds lovely here. Yep. All right. And then after the Victor Victoria scene, we cut to Sam and Quinn. Um, and is it just me or Sam asking Quinn to grab his hips and sway is very bisexual. Like, that's not a thing that a straight man would right. say. He's grab like, my hips and sway. He wants to be yeah. Little Spoon. Yeah. He wants to be Peg. Um. I don't know why, but my note says, go away, Quinn. No one likes you. What did she say? <laughs> or what did she do? <laughs> I think she says that she just wants... Well, I know that at one point in their exchange, she says she wants to torture okay, that's Rachel, why. which I respect. That's definitely why. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down and I was like, me? I get it. But, um, and then when they're, when they are like having their little rehearsal it's just like very sweet sam is such a flirt Ugh, they're so boring they're very cute i really like them <laughs> i just like them i like they it works for me i find them very charming as a couple Ugh. um all right and then we move on to um we're back in the Glee also club. wait before that what? before we get to tina and mike which i love that performance as well poor sam walking face first into everyone's problems I know, right? Like, he keeps fucking up. Not even his fault. There's just a bunch of bullshit going on. Him dealing, him having to, like, deal with Finn's homophobia, Kurt's crush, and then his flirtation with Quinn is cut short because she's like, I just need to get past this. I can't be with you. I, I just need this to be, be about me. He's walking into everyone's problems, and he's, like, just trying to make friends and, like, flirt around. He's like, dude, I'm new here. I don't know the drama. He's like, I don't know the tea. Like, I didn't needs, know you were knocked up by a guy who's now in juvie. He needs Jacob Israel's gossip lock. Like, get the yeah, tea. he does. Get the tea. Okay, so Brittany says to Santana, I'm mad at you, but you're still so hot. That is exactly how lesbians talk to each other, and that was Absolutely. A plus writing. A plus, A plus plus. That's a very good Brittany moment. Yes. Tina and Mike with one of the worst Glee performances of all time. The way the song lyrics are literally true. Um, I love this performance. The dance moves were wild, and Jenna absolutely saves the performance. Um, but yeah, one of the worst Glee performances of all time. If I heard that song on shuffle, I would skip it 100%. Absolutely, I, I skip it every time. But I just find them so charming together. Like, this performance, I find very charming and very endearing. Yeah. But I do think the song is bad. If You know what yes. I mean? No, I started like, to watching... I started to find it cute towards the end. Um, yeah, it's very cute. It's just like, yeah. oh, this is a and it's perfect for the episode. It's yeah, perfect it for their relationship. Yep. It's nice to see Mike get the spotlight and Tina get a moment too. And just like Tina's so good at the comedy aspects. Yeah, and she like, is. like she doesn't get enough of it. No, definitely not. She saved the performance for sure. I laughed out Absolutely. loud. Brittany spitting out her gum to sing and then Mercedes singing in Santana's face. I <laughs> laughed out loud. It was so funny. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard, her singing into Santana's face. Me too. And Santana's just like, ugh. And she's like so annoyed. She's like, what the fuck? Get out of my face. <laughs> she's like, I just want my fucking gift card. <laughs> um all right and I then love it. i love it um we cut to finn 
walking down Ugh. the hall again with Sam. Or wait, no, they're in the locker room for this one. Yeah, they're in the locker room. And he's, again, being fucking annoying. Giving Sam love life advice. Like, he's a stepdad of some sort. Um, it's, dude, nobody it is cares. Huge, like, no, you're right. It's huge stepdad energy. It's it huge is. mind your fucking business yeah. energy. Yeah. Um, he says about Rachel, she's shorter than Quinn and talks a lot, but I'm in love with her. Um, you know what, you prick? How about you leave Rachel alone? Because you're oh. not going anywhere in your life. And and it's also like, that's your girlfriend. Yeah, like, why would be you... Be nice. Yeah, why would you, like, criticize your girlfriend like that? Like, if you don't like her, go be with Quinn again. Lord knows she's oh. boring as fuck. Go ahead. And he's also just, like, he's so... Uh, what is the word? Possessive over Quinn still, even though he's not with her. It's so weird. It's like, pick a fucking lane. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, so Rachel and Finn are definitely annoying me in this episode, but I'm also, uh, it sucks to say this, but I'm simultaneously finding them a little cute for trying to keep the Glee Club afloat. Like, it's kind of cute that they care this much, that they're meddling in everyone's bullshit, especially Sam yes. and Quinn's bullshit. Because That I like. Because I'm like, they're just doing it because they love the Glee Club so much and they don't want yeah. it to fail by any means. And they will have people be mad at them and make an ass of themselves like they do when they sing the... Um, so inappropriate yeah extremely bad song but i just thought it was kind of cute i can respect that i can respect that i still hate finn yeah me too but Um, rachel i do like in this episode overall though she is annoying she is she saves it at the end and we will talk about it yes okay so then Brittany and Artie scene, Brittany trying to copy Artie's run and failing twice was kind of cute it was cute we got a funny line she says I think Artie is the one who says that he still has feelings for them about Tina. Because he's not over Tina. Tina. And yeah. she's like, the Clintons? <laughs> <laughs> I Oh, she's a silly. She's a silly girl. The fact that Brittany took Artie's virginity. I don't remember that. Yeah, I forgot about that. All. I completely, I completely forgot, forgot about that. Me too. Because I know Tina lost her virginity to Mike. But I completely forgot about Artie losing his to Brittany. We relationship chart incoming. Oh, oh yeah. We need a virginity chart, not even the relationships. We just need to know who took whose virginity. Santana took Finn's. Oh, iconically. And Finn took Rachel's. Yes. Blaine took Kurt's. Yes. I can't remember all the other ones. I think they. <laughs> I think Kurt took Blaine's too, right? Uh, no. I, I think don't Blaine think... was a virgin. Wait, he was. I think so, cause he, the only other, was Blaine a virgin? God, what am I googling? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Blaine is a virgin too. Okay. Well, I didn't remember that. Yeah, because the only other time the only time he talks about other people he's dated or been interested in is when he sings in the gap. Okay, cuz I remembered the episode it's sexy because I love that episode, so I remember it. He he goes to talk to Bert about how he yeah, looked up I love that episode about gay sex on the internet because his dad wouldn't talk to him about it and his school didn't have a sex ed class so in my head i kind of thought like okay i wonder if yeah those two scenes had something to do with each other yeah understandably i mean he's also like he goes to an all-boys school he's very comfortable with himself like it's a fair assumption to mean that he's like he's definitely he's had to have fooled around or something like that but all right so yeah either either way finn and rachel with another one of the worst glee performances of all time i used to hate when the song would come on shuffle horribly on my ipod like just terrible they sound so good though it's annoying they sound great yeah but the finchel prayer hands the prayer hands it's weird it's so weird it's so bad um they all call it rude i get it I think it's weird i think it's disrespectful i think it's gross it is a really weird choice for a song it's like and the the not even the song 
They do it on I purpose. Think them dressed, though, they do it on purpose. Yeah, so they're right. They, they did the right, right thing. Yeah. To, but them choosing to dress up as a priest and like a Catholic schoolgirl is very oh. weird for this song. So I think that's why everyone was like, this is fucking gross. Yeah, just the costume choice, number one. Yeah, um, Tina stopping Mike from clapping is so funny to me. Yeah, me too. And when Rachel says, we're shocked um, when he <laughs> announces that they aren't the winners. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. She's she's doing some good. Rachel's doing some good acting Yeah, in this episode. She is. And then as a couple, Sam and Quinn are so fucking boring. Just like flatlining. Oh, boring, I so really plain. I really love it. The performance is fine. Nothing special. Nothing amazing. They're just like singing I... a Colby Calais song. Like these are two white, blonde, boring ass <laughs> high school kids that I don't give a fuck about. Look, while you are right and I can accept that, I just really like them. Mm. <laughs> eh. I Sam's voice is so lovely to me. And I really like him and his voice with Quinn's. It's fine. I find it very... Very just l- nice to listen to. And I also do just like the song in general, so I definitely am biased. But yeah, I don't know. I find this performance charming. I think the guitar, like her playing the guitar a little bit is cute. Not deserving of the win. I mean, I no literally means. was like falling asleep. Yeah. See, this is one that I listen to a lot, I will be honest. Wow. I okay. just, I just, it's very easy to listen to. It's very soft. It's very nice. I like it. It's very sweet, too. It feels like falling in love, and I, I like that. Okay. All I right. find it charming. All right. And then uh, you have Santana then... say, so freaking charming. So freaking charming. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of a generation and my yeah, voice, truly. too. Like, she truly. Is She's right. From one lesbian uh, to another, yes, honey. Like, okay, moving along. Santana says to Artie. Get a grip, basically. In the hall, she confronts him. Yeah, like, I don't mean to be a bitch. Actually, I do. Um, And then she says that the only thing that he can give Britney she can't get from someone else is super choice parking. Ouchie wawa. That's brutal. Brutal writing. Um, I know it's inappropriate to ask, but I do want to know what Artie's accident was. I think he says it in one episode. He might. I I don't remember it. Let me Google it. I have an idea of what it is, but I don't want to be wrong, so I'm not going to say it in case I'm wrong. Yeah. Oh, it's a car crash. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I would have won that Glee trivia. (laughs) That was my (laughs) assumption, but I was like, I couldn't remember, and I was like, hmm, I do want to know. Okay. Um, But yeah, who was the old man that Santana asks about Britney in the lunch line? That's an old man. He looked 40. He looked um, old. He looked Bad like casting. puck old. Bad casting. Yeah. Um. All right. Then we cut back to the Glee Club for the votes. And Ooh. who wrote Mercedes and Satan? <laughs> I want to know. I think Mercedes probably I wrote that, right? I think it was right? Mercedes. Because <laughs> Will says that they all voted for themselves. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Which makes sense. Um. But yeah, Satan. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah. so funny. That. All right. So Sam and Quinn win. Undeservedly. Undeservedly. And Santana and Mercedes should have won. They definitely should have won. Let's make that clear. Let's well, make abundantly, that abundantly clear. clear. That is where <laughs> that is where you know that episode stands on this. Oh my god! The Santana way we said and Mercedes that were robbed. Robbed. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Highway robbery. Um. Okay. Then we cut to Rachel confronting Kurt at his locker. She's trying to be a friend, and I the way- like this. 
a little I bit. like it a lot. Yeah, the way it cackled when Kurt said, oh, please, not another pregnancy. <laughs> like, I need to talk to you. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's so over it. He's like, I can't do this. But he's then like, I'm done I, with this fucking school. When he when Rachel says, I think you and I are more similar than you think, and Kurt says, that's a terrible thing to say. And then he hits the hairspray. Delivery gold. <laughs> Kurt, His delivery is our gold. Chris Culver is a great comedic actor. He is. He honestly is. Um, and then, oh my God. So, ah! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for anyone wearing headphones, but I need to say something. This is one of my favorite Glee songs of all fucking time. Like, when I tell you my notes were literally, oh my God, one of my favorite Glee songs of all time is coming. I shrieked I... just in anticipation. The outfits, the vocals, the clutching of each other's hands. Okay, and wait, by wait, the wait, way, wait, wait. I wasn't wait, wait. even watching the scene yet. I wasn't even watching the scene yet when I wrote that. I was just okay. like, oh my God, oh my God. Me too, because I will say the next, the Quinn and Sam scene that's coming up is fine. It's, it's cute. It sets up a lot of nice stuff for them. It's like very, whatever. I think Quinn saying on a first date, a gentleman pays. I liked that moment. I think it's cute that Sam was like, okay, (laughs) we're on a date now. Like, that's cute. I do Mm -hmm. like that Sam says that he dyed his hair because he wanted to look like Swayze in Point Break. That is so specifically my interest. We know. That's gay. That we is need to be gay. Yeah, he is bisexual now, or gay. Listeners one or the other. and f- listeners, I, my friends know. My specifically, this is a call out to my friend Aishan. We have talked endlessly about how Point Break is a gay movie. That movie is a gay cultural like touchstone. The homoerotic tension between Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves is unmatched. So for Sam to say that's his reference, his visual reference for dyeing his hair, that is gay. That is queer coded. That is a queer-coded line, and that further, <sighs> like, galvanizes me in thinking that he was supposed to be bisexual, and then they got scared. That's all I'll say on that. Gay. That's gay. Quinn is as confused by Sam Absolutely. as we all are in this scene. She's like, wait, so you are gay? And and he's like, no. <laughs> like, he's, babe, which is it? You're saying all this shit that's making gay. it. It's different. <laughs> yeah, okay. Points points all right all right let's get into all it right. the best fucking performance my fucking god one of the best fucking glee songs of all time i'm dead already as soon as they go into it i just literally like Ugh. my like i, rewinded I started immediately, immediately crying what no when it immediately when it ended, I, I rewind it okay so i yeah. have this oh my god oh. oh my god so i have this one friend um like really long time friend her name is letty we used to like watch this scene so many times and just like it became like this thing that we had between us that like this song was like our song because it's like the two best friends and they just like love yeah. each other so much and Ugh. one time like i was like okay so she was getting into gift making and i was like you should make a gif of the part where rachel grabs kurt's hands while she's singing the skies above are clear again and oh. she shakes it while she's hitting the notes that's i wrote okay, that because you I know she that. was singing her ass off in the studio and then again in the classroom when they had to perform this like you just know they were actually Ugh. singing like, it's just so believable. It's so real. It's my favorite part of the performance. I don't know why, but I love this performance so fucking much. Top five favorite, maybe even top three favorite. Absolutely. Like, their fingers are so tightly woven. And we just get this amazing scene of, like, oh, oh, Rachel and Kurt being best friends. It just makes so much sense. Like, they are I. They're everything. So my dad is a big Barbara Streisand fan. Like, big Barbara Streisand fan. I would wake up in the morning on Saturdays and I would walk into the living room and my dad would just be watching old Barbara videos like that type of shit so I love I've always loved the 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 Judy Garland and Barbara performance and would watch the video all the time on YouTube and like have a really really 
mm-hmm. deep respect for this song and this duet and everything like that. So for these two to be performing it, and it's just so, it's so lovely. And it's, Kurt sounds so soft here. His voice sounds cushiony. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, it's so effortless and just like. Oh my God. Oh my God. They both sound too fucking good in this, like, top oh, three favorite it's performances. It's so ama- like, like Everything about it. Way- everything about it. And it's, the way it's everything. shot is like everything. beat for beat. Cut, like, just like outfits. the Barbara and Judy. It's such a warm scene. It's such scene. a warm scene. It's shot it's exactly like the Barbara and Judy video. It's like, like yeah. uh, from the Judy Garland show. Mm-hmm. It's. Mm-hmm. Leah is doing her best Babs impression when she does du- like like it like her please go back and watch that line delivery of the skies above are clear and then go watch the yeah. actual Barbara and Judy Garland performance it is fucking one to one how yes. effort how flawless. exact flawless, Leah flawless, is flawless. when she does that it's so meticulous mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I, Kurt really shines in this God. scene for me specifically too, because it's such a subdued performance, but there's still so much power oh. in it. And, uh, he, he looks handsome. so handsome and at peace with himself yes. and comfortable singing next to Rachel and, and is, like happy and it's and, such like, a it's turning so... point. Like this uh. is the start of their friendship really. Yeah. They've been cool before. Yeah. They've had respect so for each and other's why... voices before. This is the moment that they are friends. And they start to become friends. And it's nice to see it here and then to know what they become later on and the, how deep their relationship goes and the, how deep their friendship is and in, how like much they mean to each other. And it starts here and you can see it. Not just how deep their friendship is, but if you actually listen to the lyrics, Rachel, like this song is meaningful on a it's second perfect. level that like the skies above are clear again, like happy times are here. Like I'm here for you. We're going to make it through. Yeah. Like, high school is really difficult. This is a tough time. And you have a friend. You have somebody that you can confide in or, like, be friends with. Like, Yeah. Oh, God. I I don't know. I love it. And there's such a mutual respect for for each other. Like, oh, it's so so lovely seeing them. It is. Have this moment. This song is so... Like, it just means friendship. You just get friendship from this song. I think that's why me and Letty, like, glommed onto it so much. Because it's like... It just indicates, like, two people who have, like, a lot in common and they're best friends. They care about each other so much. And, like, they're the only two people. Because at the time, like, first of all, Letty and I met on Tumblr. Like, we both oh were obsessed gosh. with Glee. We, we followed each other on Tumblr. We followed each other on Twitter. And we just kind of became offline friends from it. But, like, we were both going through so much. And we would, like, text all day and talk all day and, like, just, you know, the way best friends do. But even in my real life, I had some friends who I couldn't talk to about certain things with them because I wasn't out to them yet. And like, yeah. I could confide in Letty. So like this song yeah. meant so much because you get you get this scene between two people who they don't have everything in common. Like Rachel's not queer, but yeah. they can confide in each other and understand each other that Rachel is bullied, Kurt is bullied. Rachel's misunderstood, Kurt is misunderstood. People think that being friends with Rachel or associating with Rachel is you know, like reputation suicide and they feel the same way about Kurt. And like, there are aspects of like shared identity between them. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, this song just is so meaningful. I love it so much. I, I really do. I just, it makes, it means so much to me to watch them perform this and just this scene in general and how beautifully, beautifully their voices blend together and how it feels very much like, like Judy and Barbara had so much respect for each other and so much love between them. At least as far as I know. I'm sure, like, whatever. Some Judy Garland stand will correct me. 
but like it feels nice <laughs> to see this like mutual respect and this love and this beginning of this really beautiful friendship that they have and this like support that they have for each other yeah and then especially going further and like once uh finn and kurt are brothers then family then rachel and him are like even deeper and their family and everything like that and then when you have finn pass away you have this kind of even deeper connection for them and this like really like lifelong bond is built through like their time in new york and dealing with the grieving of finn and everything like that and it starts here really yeah this is the starting line yeah for them in a way that is it's just beautiful to watch and it's really it makes me really happy to see and this is a performance i watch i will watch all the time all the me time too. i rewatch and listen it all to the constantly yeah it just it, yeah it immediately brings joy yeah that was duets i i love that episode it means a lot to me. I'm really glad that we got to talk about it. And I think it's a good companion for, like, with Born This Way. Yeah. Because they're both really big turning points in Glee. So yeah. it's it's nice to talk to them next to each other and kind of compare and contrast where this character, like, where they all are and how they, how much they've meant to us in a larger scheme. Oh, my God. So it pains me to say this because I've been going back and forth. And I think, honestly... I think our next episode, so this is going to be my second favorite episode. Mm -hmm. I think, and again, it pains me to say this because there's some like really annoying storylines in this episode that I wish we could just skip over. Um, But I think our next episode has to be sexy. And just because of the Britney Santana implications and how meaningful it was to me as a like teen. Oh, I'm in. Absolutely. Oh, God. I I love that episode as well. Oh, it's working. Okay. That's gonna be, it's gonna be a good fucking oh my episode. God. I'm really excited to watch oh it. <laughs> I almost chose it as my first favorite episode for understandable reasons. Yeah. And then I went with Born This Way because it was more better written and the storylines were a little bit more yeah. meaningful. But sexy is equally important to me, and you'll see why when we talk about it yeah. next week. But and again, another they're yes. good companion piece. Yes, this way I think there's a, there seems like to be really like important for um, a little bit of a trend where we're choosing episodes uh, that are literally so <laughs> impactful for our two favorite characters. Like we just keep on choosing. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> like I don't why. get it. Like why do we keep choosing episodes that are like really important for Kurt and Cynthia? Who knows? Like, hmm, could it be because we're gay as fuck? <laughs> And also, it's only going to get worse once we get into Grey's Anatomy and Don't Sex in the City and the L Word Don't and the Sopranos. Start with me. All we're going to do is talk about our fave gays. That's it. And so you have to get used yeah, to that. Yeah, everybody now. get you. We're bracing you. you. We're starting to. with Glee. This is tame. Once yeah. we get into some of the other shows, this is the mm, easy mm, shit. Mm, 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 once we get into some of these other Just shows. Just wait and. You wait until I start talking about Arizona fucking Robbins. No, wait until right? I start talking about the underlying relationship between Meredith and Christina. <laughs> like, you just, you're not ready for this, people. People, oh. you're not ready for this. <laughs> that in and of itself is going to be like a three-hour bonus episode. Bonus like, there's content. too much to just, to, to, <laughs> bonus content is us really, really getting into Meredith oh, and Christina. My God, okay. Oh, I can't okay. wait. All right, well. But for yes. now... We'll leave you with watch sexy for next mm-hmm. week if you want to keep up. But I have gotten a lot of 
uh, a lot of friends and a lot of people who've been listening, which thank you, by the way, for everyone who's been listening so far. Yes. It means a lot. It's it really means cool. so much that you would want uh, to listen to us basically just n- scream and talk about Glee. I even have some friends who haven't watched <laughs> all of Glee, but they're just like listening along or following yeah. along and kind of Googling everything as they go. And I just love that. I have friends who've never seen the show and are are listening along and just like really enjoying it. And like that means that means the world. Uh we're essentially started doing this because just for ourselves, but it's really cool that people are enjoying it, and I hope you continue to. Yes. And yeah, it's been really. It means a lot to get a text every now to get texts from all of our friends being like, "Oh my god, this was so funny in this part of the episode." <laughs> yes. So it's been really cool. I really appreciate it. I'm sure I know you do as well. Yes. Yes. Thanks to but, all um, our friends yeah. and family who are listening and. Keep keep on sending us any um, ideas or thoughts you have any on the podcast all... because. We would love to incorporate some of it. We want we want your Glee opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe eventually we could do like a poll or something like that, and do like a viewer favorite episode. Yeah, that would or be something fun. Like that like one that we don't episode. cover. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll bounce around ideas and we'll we'll talk about them in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, just thank you a lot. It's been really fun so far, and we're really excited to keep going. Yeah, definitely. But for now, we'll leave you with that. Watch sexy. Very excited to talk about it. And then, yeah, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YK that episode. And then our website is linked in the bios of all of that stuff, too. Yeah, send us whatever you're thinking if, and t- message us about this episode, what your thoughts are, and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, definitely. All right, everyone. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God, he's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.